Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is almost always determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive for 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Anthony. And I'm Charlene. Charlene. <laughs> Welcome, Charlene. I would make the stock joke about how, you know, when either you or Julia or myself are missing, we always joke about being replaced, but it's been so long <laughs> since the three of us have been on. I'm not going to make that joke with Julia gone tonight because I've missed y'all. Yes. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, anytime. Anytime. How are you? And how are you, Tom? I'm great. How are you? You know, we're in spooky season, so yeah. couldn't be better. I know. This is the best time of the year. This is the lead we're off getting everything. There. Yeah, it's just the, it's the kickoff. It's the time of the year where time can start slowing down a bit so we can yeah. enjoy the journey. Yes, please. <laughs> but I'm super excited because by the time this episode drops, we will Hocus Pocus will have released three days ago. I'm excited I need to watch it Friday night. We have to wait till Saturday, so I'm not to avoid <gasps> spoilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't already off. I would be taking it off because I'm insane. <laughs> You're off on Friday. Yeah, so by the time this episode drops, my sister will be married. Oh, so, um, yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday, after work, we're driving up to uh, the venue type thing. And uh, yeah, so. Oh, that sounds Aww. fun. That's going to be fun. It shall be fun. My baby sister getting married. can't believe it. Are you going to cry, uh, Anthony? I, I am a crier. I cry at movies. I cry at TV. <laughs> I will cry when I see, you know, my sister <laughs> Me too. up there. I cry <laughs> as I look at the abject failure of my entire life and existence. <laughs> I do that every night as I'm trying to fall asleep, Tom. <laughs> Other people count sheep. I count my failures. <laughs> I am totally the embodiment of that meme where it's like you're trying to fall asleep and then your brain reminds you of some random thing you did in like fifth grade that was embarrassing. And then you're up all night thinking of all the embarrassing moments of your life. Yeah. You know, how you, you, know how you get past that? You just... I, don't I feel like there's a joke. No, there's no you joke. Don't do anything. You just don't acknowledge the feeling of embarrassment. <laughs> I don't know embarrassment, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> I go over and over things too. Sometimes, like for old stuff that don't matter anymore. But I don't. I don't embarrass that easily. I get secondhand embarrassment a lot. 
This is which is weird. I get both. <laughs> and like I will remember stuff when I'm trying to fall asleep, like you know, from middle school. Things of no consequence at all in life. And it will yeah. still like keep me up. Like I can't believe I said that or did that or that happened. Yeah, I go over and over things like, uh, dang, maybe I should have did something different. Like it's like choices usually, like dang. But yeah. Well, as uh, <laughs> what is a string theory for every there's a universe out there for every possible scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so in some universe out there, I'm playing Batman, or I am <laughs> Batman. <laughs> well, now that you thought about it, that that did just splinter off into a new a new world. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> in, in some universe out there, Tom and Julia are the vulgar ones, and I'm the prude. Ooh. (laughs) And the multiverse. (laughs) Multiverse, Tom. You know, Anthony, when I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. And I fall asleep (laughs) counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, I think of when it was none at all. And I fall asleep counting my blessings instead of sheep. This is a song. It's Bing Crosby. Come on, dude. <laughs> I'm a failure. Now I'm gonna have secondhand embarrassment about that on the show. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll make sure to leave it in. <laughs> um, so Charlene, I do want to ask you because um you did you listen to our reaction episode where we talked about the Hocus Pocus and Santa Claus trailers? No, I missed it. Okay, I so haven't I even wa- seen the Santa Claus trailer. Uh, okay, never mind. I was going to ask. You could say you, you could talk about it. Though. Should we pause and let her watch it right now? I would, yes, I could do that. yes, and then uh, we want okay. you to react to it. Uh, so okay. I'm going to pause. Okay. So Charlene, what did you think of the Santa Claus's trailer since you haven't heard our initial reactions to it? Um, okay, so first, I wish there was more. I'll say that. But I mean, I'm. I, it was very, the little parts with Peyton Manning are very funny. Um, so I'm interested to see how like that gets fleshed out. But um, Bernard's back. <laughs> Bernard is back. You didn't know he was coming back? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I, when I heard people talking about it I thought they were like just talking about hoping that he was coming back huh. so I didn't know he was really coming back so that's that's exciting um I'm really excited for it so that made me more excited um but yeah I think the the Peyton Manning parts were funny um yeah I'm interested to see it you were much more optimistic than me and Tom <laughs> and really? Julia really I just I wish they put more into the trailer I don't think it was long enough. Didn't he look like enough. plastic Santa? He looked weird. I think that's how he looks now, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he gets a lot of work, don't he? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know. I think he might be, I don't know. That's what I kind of thought when I first saw it. Like, because he doesn't look like, you know, the last, like from Santa Claus 3. But I, I don't know. I kind of thought he was getting work done. I just thought that that's what I thought that was his face making it look in that way but it it was fun I think the Peyton Manning part like the laughter out from that was was just goofy 
Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, see, Tom, this is why we have, we finally have a positive perspective. On the <laughs> it's nice to have one because none of us had it. None of us had it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hopeful for it, but I do think that the trailer needed more, more. I wanted more from it. I don't, it doesn't really tell you. I mean, I don't want it to tell me the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I felt like I don't really have an idea of where they're going with it yet. And so that's why I feel like I needed more from it. But you want to talk about possible Christmas miracles or surprises, Tom? Imagine if somehow HBO pulled it off, and you and Julia love the sequel to A Christmas Story coming out, and you're oh, I don't see that happening. Oh no, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Why? We don't know anything about it. You can like it. I'm probably not going to give it a chance. I, I'm probably. You know what? The only reason I would give it a chance is hoping that it would be better than the first one. There you go. <laughs> that would be my only Oh, reason. yeah. I, for, I forgot you were like one of our few listeners who doesn't like that either. No, I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have never felt so... Uh, <laughs> felt so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propped up, by, propped up by our community <laughs> for all the responses we got to that episode because <laughs> normally they're piling on me for my opinions, but they piled on Tom and Julia that I time. agreed with them. <laughs> I just don't. Mm-mm. But I am always in the minority there with that because all my friends can't, they're like, how do you love Christmas but you hate a Christmas story? And I tell them because it's not a good movie. Anyway, Charlotte, it was nice having you on. <laughs> what, what? So tonight we are covering a sequel to a movie that was a, a fun episode we did last year. We are covering Disney's Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. And sh- before we jump in, Charlene, can you tell us about your history with the halloween town franchise in general the first time i saw halloween town was last year when you guys were doing it for the podcast that was my first time ever seeing it and the first time i saw halloween too was today to prepare for this podcast i for some reason i I wasn't really that into the disney shows i was more like a nickelodeon girl so i think when this came out it just kind of passed me by like i knew it was a a thing i was aware of it but i never went to watch it now not to get off on a nickelodeon tangent but i do have to ask were you of the gen the stick stickly generation stick stickly on nick in the afternoon no he hosted the summer you know i remember that okay doesn't sound familiar for some reason (laughs) Now I have embarrassment for bringing that up. Don't be embarrassed. I'm like, but my memory is bad as well. So it's probably, I'll probably crying. see it and then remember. He'll be crying his eyes out tonight on his giant hill, pillow. Head. <laughs> now I want to Google it. All right. What do you think of, what do you think of Halloween Town? What are your, what are your thoughts, your impressions, your feelings about the show? It's very cute. I like it. I haven't watched all of them yet, but I was presently pleasantly surprised um, at how much I liked it. And I would go back and watch it again. So to remind people of what I thought, I loved the first Halloween Town growing up and I still have a very soft nostalgic spot for it. 
So when Calabar's Revenge came out like a year or two later, I was super psyched for it. It did not live up to the first one's, uh, ex, uh, you know, the high expectations the first one uh, made me have for its follow-up. But still a charming, fun little movie. It's just a little less charming and less fun. And we'll get into why as we dive deep. But yeah. what's your history here, Tom? I love the first one. I love the second one. Ooh. I enjoy them all, really. They're just there's just something fun and I don't know, it just takes me back to a time even though I didn't see it when I was younger, it makes me feel as I did as a young kid and I really like that. Okay. Well, okay. I'll I'll be curious to see what you really loved about this one as we <laughs> dive deep, Tom, because I no, I'm legitimately curious because like I think it's the mythos more than anything that's around Halloween Town. Okay. The show Side note, I did um, just look up, I googled Stick Stickly, and I do remember that, but I didn't remember yeah. his name, apparently, but as soon as I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy used to host all the summer daytime marathons. Yeah, I 100% remember him. <laughs> uh, probably too young for me. I don't remember this dude. Stick Stickly? <laughs> stick Stickly. When I looked, it's literally when I saw a popsicle it, I stick with yeah. googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nope. Don't remember that at all. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have Halloween. I didn't have Nickelodeon as a kid either. Um, yeah, that would it was Nickelodeon. It. Yeah, so that would probably explain it too. All right, tonight, like we said, we are covering the 2001 Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Revenge. We're going to, um, as you can probably imagine, if you saw the first one, we are back in a situation where our friend KJB, Kimberly J. Brown, is going to have to save Halloween Town. This time, it's also from Calabar. I do want to say just one thing as well, Tom. Sorry, I meant to bring this up during the history. So this came out yeah. literally like a month after 9-11. And I just remember, because I watched it live, this was such a respite. Because obviously, those first two weeks, every channel you turn on, like... Oh, yeah. So, like, it was nice to have something new and family-friendly and fun to turn on and watch as a family when it premiered so it does hold a special place in my heart for that anyway <laughs> just pulled it anthony we <laughs> just to go through our our cast from before our main cast is still the same kimberly j brown plays marnie piper judith hogg plays gwen her mother and the matriarch of the family is Debbie Reynolds, played by Abby Cromwell. Dylan, the Marnie's brother, is played by Joey Zimmerman. And young Sophie is played by Emily Rosk. Oh, and Luke is back and played by Philip Van Dyke. Is we... he related to Dick Van Dyke? I'm sure we talked about this when I came up. He is not. Mm. But he was on Gilmore Girls. He was. We have a few new characters we're going to add to the mix. Cal is played by Daniel Counts. And Daniel Counts, this is one of his bigger movies. Her his bigger pre um this is one of his bigger parts. He did have a um he is perhaps best known for being engaged to Kimberly J. Brown in real life right now. Yes, he is. That you can see them on instagram and they don't reply to my <laughs> messages trying to get either of them to come on the show 
He had small roles in movies like 10 Things I Hate About You. He was in Jag, had a role in ER, Third Rock from the Sun, Just Shoot Me, The Ghost Whisperer, and a single <laughs> appearance on Mad Men. He's had a recurring role on My Crazy Roommate TV series and Youthful Days. And that's pretty much it. He's doing video games now. My voice in video games. Playing his dad, Alex, is Peter Wingfield. Well, from... his dad in quotes. Well, let's not have spoilers yet. We need to give people a chance <laughs> to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is probably best known for his recurring role on Highlander. He was also on 24, Sanctuary. He was in Stargate SG-1, Cold Squad. Noah's Ark. Robin Thomas comes back as Calabar. We should probably make mention of that because he is um, kind of an important character. And we have Gort. Did y'all like Gort? I did not like Gort. Oh. Blue Mancuma. We'll talk about why we like and dislike Gort as we go along. And Richard Side reprises his role as Benny, the skeleton cab driver. Oh, yeah, Benny. He was always <laughs> my favorite. I like Gort a lot uh, when we get to black and white Gort. Okay, so <laughs> the show, this, this uh, I figure we'll just take turns going through stuff. I'll talk and ramble for a little while, and then I'll pass the torch to you, Char. And then, Anthony, you want to wrap it up? Sounds good to me. All right, we, so we open up, and we're having a Halloween party. because well, I have to correct you right there. Because that's not how we open up. We open up ready. with... A recap with Marnie explaining everything like about Halloween Town and Grandma and how Grandma's moved in and been teaching her magic for the past two years. Yeah, and we see the, yeah, okay, you're right. So we have a recap of what we missed from Marnie, and then we're getting ready for a Halloween party because Gwen has changed her tune on Halloween and witches and witchcraft. She's now letting Marnie mm -hmm. train to be a witch. Sophie's going to be a witch, and we're all okay with this as the party gets going some new neighbors show up we get to meet cal and his dad alex cal cal and nobody picked up on his name and she was too like hard ass <laughs> to even care about that well we've got marnie Cal comes in and it is immediately making putting the moves on Marnie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Marnie is she's here for it, y'all. Yeah. What does he do? Because he brings this up later on. She brings it up later on. He gives her a rose. A rose. All right. And something I thought was kind of an odd play here. I'm thinking back to my days when I was, she's what, about 16 now? I'm thinking back I can't remember. to my 16-year-old days. And if a random person came to a party at my house, a young girl who was putting <laughs> the moves on me, my mom would not have been okay with me taking her to another story of the house alone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Judging, judging by Gwen's character and how overprotective she's traditionally been, I don't buy this part of the story. Well, she's a bit aloof because uh, she's getting hit on by. Right. She's like distracted. 
<laughs> by dad who has no personality whatsoever. So I don't know what she sees in this guy. Yeah, he's goofy. You remember her from the first movie? This is probably her ideal partner. She's the kind of lady who, you know, when she gets extravagant for dessert, she'll have a bowl of vanilla ice cream. I'm sorry, a scoop well, of vanilla ice cream. I'm going to stop you right there because I love having a scoop of vanilla ice cream for dessert if I'm at a restaurant. <laughs> but if you're at a restaurant and they have other ice creams, you go with vanilla? Yeah, because for some reason, a lot of restaurants, especially nice restaurants, don't have chocolate. It's usually vanilla or strawberry. So I'm okay, always going that's, that's acceptable. Your, what? So chocolate's your next favorite? Chocolate's my number one favorite, but a lot of fancy mm. restaurants for some reason, especially Italian places, only have like vanilla or strawberry. Whose favorite ice cream is chocolate or vanilla? Those are like, Char, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. That is my second favorite kind. <laughs> second only to peppermint, which is my absolute favorite kind of ice cream. Okay, yeah, I don't I like- Wait, we haven't had a, I have not told you what Christine did for me so I was out of town on my birthday. I I threw my plant-based diet aside and had a every day that week that I was there, I had to eat seafood. And for my birthday, my boss, like I I I plan the 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 offsite, but apparently my boss called the restaurant. We were going, we went out for sushi and when we got there, they brought us several bottles of champagne one of the the ladies on my team popped open the champagne it bounced off of the ceiling and hit a kid in the head oh, on the wow. table next to it she was fine but it was still <laughs> dramatic anyway so i was not with my family for my birthday and i came home and ellie and christine made me a cake christine made a chocolate peppermint cake oh, with wow. peppermint icing y'all mm. and she crushed andy's mint up on top of it Ooh. It was uh, out of this world. I'm a pie guy more than cake. And this, let me just tell you, I was a fan. Okay. I've got to interrupt you both right here because I cannot do mint chocolate or peppermint chocolate or anything because it just tastes like brushing your teeth or eating chocolate right after you brush your teeth or brushing your teeth right after eating chocolate to me. But I don't like peppermint in general. Well, mint chocolate chip is a different kind of mint. So it doesn't give it me is. that vibe. It's like, it's a different mint flavor. Uh, you don't have the taste buds of a six-year-old, apparently. <laughs> but apparently, also, oh, go on, sure. No, I was just gonna say, I also like cookies and cream a lot too. <laughs> I like cookies and cream. That's Christine's favorite kind. Yeah. But apparently mom in this special also has the taste buds for six-year-old <laughs> uh, because she is enamored that this very dull gentleman who's flirting <laughs> with her brought over this bright lime green punch he made, which looks like something out of Ghostbusters. It's so garishly bright green. Do you yeah. like, do you like sherbet based punch though? I do you do. like a lime sherbet punch. I Anthony? do. Uh, yeah, I like lime. Sure, I'm here <laughs> for it. Like, I I will have. I love. I love sherbet based punch. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Anyway, yeah, he brings that, and he's dressed as a frog. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to just say, if if I'm looking for somebody to talk to at a party, at a costume party, and I don't know anybody, not going to talk to the frog. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got, we've got to ask Char here as the single woman on the show right now. Okay. You're at a Halloween party. A guy, decent looking enough, but no personality comes up and starts talking. He brings punch. Okay, you're, you're polite, blah, 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 blah. He leaves, comes back in a costume, and it's a giant frog costume. What's your first reaction here? If you already don't have a good, like, any personality, which this guy doesn't, it's like, it's a no. Because at least if someone's wearing that costume, which was, like, a ridiculously silly frog costume, at least if he had, like, a fun personality, then it's like, oh, okay, like... This, he just he's just thinks this costume is fun maybe he thinks maybe it's ironic or something to him or sarcastic but okay no, that guy yeah. no <laughs> i can see what you're saying I, this could be an this could be a uh, an ironic frog costume could get pulled off yeah if he had a good personality like if he was like a fun person but this guy was like very bland but you know it's for a reason <laughs> <laughs> so marnie takes cal upstairs showing her around and she breaks one of the cardinal rules. She takes him into her grandma's room. This whole movie, the kids are so cavalier with the whole magic thing in front of mortals. I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I get why she was trying to impress him. But it is like they are just cool with just kind of letting them in on that secret that they should be really keeping to themselves. Okay, let me tell you something. As a progressive guy who loves Halloween, loves Hocus Pocus, Harry Potter, all these things about magic and witchcraft and stuff, if a girl takes me upstairs at her <laughs> Halloween party to show me her grandmother's room, which is decked out like a witch's house, A, I'm a little weirded out here, but if I stay long enough where she's showing me spell books and everything like that, I, I get freaked out because at this point I'm like either they're psychotic or <laughs> oh crap magic exists and i have to go have an ex existential crisis somewhere um <laughs> anthony i'm gonna push back on one thing you could have stopped the conversation when you said if i'm at a party and i meet a girl and she takes me upstairs to her grandmother's room <laughs> at that point yeah. i am out I was grandma's room that's just weird yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's totally one hundred percent fair. <laughs> my 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 go to my go to move with girls was never, hey, want to see grandma's room? Want to see grandma's room? <laughs> okay. Oh. Um. After he leaves, after the party's over, Grandma Aggie. Well, well, well. No, the party's not over. He leaves to get ready for. There's a big party at the school. At the school. Yeah. So they're going to go to the school, but Grandma Aggie realizes, uh-oh, my spell book is gone. <laughs> okay. What happens here, Anthony? When confronted when confronted with the reality of the, your poor decisions, what does our heroine do? She makes further poor decisions. Because it's not just a spell book that is gone there's magic is going haywire right like her never-ending purse runs out of stuff which oh, that part yeah. was funny to me because dylan just is like well you spent two years pulling out zebras and iguanas and like he starts naming all the things she's pulled out he's like of course it's gonna run out um 
But so Marnie and Grandma decide, okay, there are four hours left. The portal between Halloween Town, four hours of Halloween left. So the portal between Halloween Town and the mortal world is still open. Let's go to Halloween Town and investigate what's going on to fix the problem before the portal closes at midnight. And now what? Yep. What was Marnie contemplating before this all started, right? Before we got to the party, Marnie wanted to go to Halloween Town to study be a witch, and she'd have to forsake her mortal realm. Yeah, it's very Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Very <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So they so go this, back to Halloween Town. Yes, and this is where the biggest problem with the movie starts making itself evident to me. And I get it's the plot of the movie. Halloween Town's essentially been poisoned. But after the amazing fall and Halloween atmosphere, the first one, it was so charming. You wanted to see more of this world. They take us back to this world after a two-year wait, and it's all black and white and gray, and everyone's normal. Not yet, it's not. Yeah, it is when they first go. Not everybody's black and white yet, though. No, but town is normal. The, the pumpkin is. is just a giant the pumpkin's a square cube. cube. And grandma says, as the jack-o'-lantern goes, so goes Halloween town. And I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't even make sense. What does that mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it makes sense if you watch the movie. <laughs> I didn't think grandma knew it was before. up. Okay. Have you, have you tried to read prophecies before? <laughs> <laughs> They're all squirrely, man. You read any you read prophecies from cults. They're really like open-ended. There's a lot of interpretation that can happen here. Anyway, I have a problem with Grandma Aggie in this movie. If I'm not ready to discuss it yet, we'll get to it when we get to the part. But I'm just telling you right now, this is where the problem with I have with Grandma Aggie starts making itself evident. So keep that so in the back of your mind. Is this why you're not as big on the movie as you thought you would be? Well, no, because I honestly, come to think of it, it's the same problem I had with her in the first one. Okay. But the, why I'm not as hot on this movie as the first one is the atmosphere is completely gone. Like, they take the magic of Halloween Town and dull it down so much. Like, I'm like, this it just doesn't have the charm of the first one. Where's the giant jack-o'-lantern? Where's the funny skeleton driving them around? Like, I think maybe the reason you don't like this and what you're feeling right now is you live in, you work in corporate America. And this is what it's like to walk into work every day, isn't it? 1,000%. I agree. <laughs> That's all I could think is like, so there the so what it is, it's, it's a caricature. So we see in the first movie, we see a caricature in the fear that the kids have. And, and well, I guess we don't need the movie. Let me rewind the back. There's a caricature of monsters and, and witches and, and this whole all of the entities that that inhabit Halloween Town, we see in our world. And according to the first movie, that's an exaggeration of the real Halloween Town. Mm -hmm. When they go here, this is an exaggeration of how magical folk in Halloween Town see us. And they're dull, grayed out, black and white characters walking around with no purpose, no, no, they don't emote at all. Yeah. And they just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, it's um, almost zombie-like. Yeah, okay. You know what, Tom? That's actually a really good point. That, that I, I'll concede that. And I do like that this film is a little, has matured a bit over the first one, right? But Yeah. 
Who's our okay. first? Who's the first character we meet who has changed? Aggie. Oh no! No, we no, 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 no! Not Aggie. Oh, What's her friend's name? name? I can't remember his name. Well, the first main character we meet is Luke. Oh yeah, Luke. But we also oh, meet Luke. uh, who's her friend? She was the same one of the first one who went like, <laughs> like she had been turned by the darkness. Was that Astrid? Astrid. That's it. Yeah, Astrid. And then we see Luke, and eventually we see Benny. Oh my god. And Benny is a full-on human being now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a creepy, creepy level. And doesn't realize it's like it is weird too that like I guess well, I guess it's not weird because it's like a spell that was put on them on the whole town, but he doesn't realize he's different. So right. Right. And part of the spell as well is not only are they different, but they don't remember any of them really. Yeah. Like the longer they're grayed out, the more they forget about who they were and who they knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're going around and Aggie's trying to figure this out and we see that. Uh, no, I take issue with that. And I'll just say it now. This is my biggest problem with Aggie. For a Cromwell witch, and like it's a name that inspires fear in people because she's powerful and she's a famous Cromwell witch. She does nothing. Even in the first one, Calabar takes her out halfway through and she's taken out halfway through with this film again. And I get it. It was probably Disney saying, oh, we can't pay Debbie Reynolds, so let's uh, just pay her for two weeks of work and then uh, <laughs> have the kids take over. But it, it goes against everything we know about her, right? She's supposed to be this all-powerful, knowledgeable witch, and she's aloof. That's fair. But she is re- she's researching, right? That's what's happening. She's researching and trying to figure this out. Right. And she's been very, like, she's been kind of far removed from Halloween Town. So she's been, like, in the normal world for a while. I wonder if that made a difference. Or you think she was like that all the time? Well, I mean, the first one, Calabar takes her out pretty quick. But that's a good point as well. And that's a part of the plot, right? Because she, it's mentioned multiple times, especially at the beginning, how homesick she is. Mm -hmm. Because... It's a big deal. The portal open, only opens once a year for a few hours. She can't go back yeah. and forth. So <laughs> how do they communicate with the other grandkids back home? Uh, what was that called? It was like a monster's face in their hand. I don't know phone. what they called it. But it's it like a little it's like a talk. It was, head, right? Yeah. And they, yeah. Talk, they spoke into the ear and then the mouth moved whenever the person <laughs> on the other line talked. <laughs> I know it was a cheesy effect, but I actually found that really funny. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, funny. I thought it was yeah. cute. Um, was very funny. Yeah. So why why do they call home to the kids? They're trying to get the spell book or like spells from the spell book. Right, right, because so they can fix the problem in Halloween Town. But uh oh, the only smart character in this movie, Sophie, realizes it's missing and immediately puts together it was that weird guy Cal who probably took it. Mm-hmm. And his boyfriend. And I'll just say right now, that Sophie girl, <laughs> and I said it during the first one, she's the best child actor in this movie. I'm sorry, but Kimberly J. Brown is not a great actress. <laughs> Wonder why she doesn't return my text or my message. <laughs> Tom, that's the kind of wingman I'd be too. Like, at a bar, have you met? Have you met? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Anthony. 
<laughs> I actually like so, this because Grandma's a little mad when she finds out Marnie took Cal up to her room. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just like, that's a stupid mistake to make. Like, <laughs> bringing him up there, like, just being too trusting. Yep, absolutely. And around this time, Grandma Aggie notices a change. What's interesting is, I guess, because maybe the 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 okay. story behind this is that Grandma Aggie is such a powerful witch, but other people just change from like full color normal to black and white. But Aggie starts with her hand. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't happen here yet. They that happens at Gort's first thing. Oh, that's right. Because she had Luke. another spell book, right? Which they go back to. They pay Benny to take her back to her house. And she's like, well, well, even before they get to the house, Cal reveals himself as Calabar's son. And Marnie's like, I should have known when you gave me that rose. And Cal, as in Calabar? And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, hey, he, they, they he, learn as this grows, as this goes. He, he wants revenge on them for basically what they did to dad in the last movie because that's his, that no was problem with the fact that nobody in town knew that cal had a son right right exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh they learned cal stole aggie spell books so they decide to go to grandma's house because she's like hey if there's one place in halloween town that's not affected it'll be my house and then they walk in and it's all gray and grayed out And it's also here at the house, somehow Marnie accidentally restores Luke back to colorful goblin again, but she's not sure how. Which is convenient because when we get to Gortz. Yeah, so so tell <laughs> us about tell us about Gort Tom. Who is this guy? Why do they we go saw, there? We saw Gort at the beginning, and he was a persnickety curmudgeon he was just so overtly unpleasant but gort's house is where all things go that get lost yeah both in the mortal realm and the magic realm and the magical realm and it is a dump yeah there's just stuff everywhere clutter (laughs) filth junk everywhere and he does not like visitors well, yes, that's how he normally is. But when we get right. to Gort's house with Grandma Aggie and Marnie and is Sophie here? No, they've got Luke. No, yeah, yeah. With Grandma Marnie and Luke, Gort and his entire house have gone black and white. And Gort, and there's like, like no this. none of the um, like junk outside. It's not cluttered <laughs> at all. <laughs> Wait, Tom, do your impression again? Because that actually sounds like him. I'm sorry. It's all very organized. <laughs> and I've got to go. Gort doesn't have time to help them because Gort has to sort his socks. <laughs> did I nail it? Yeah, you did nail it. I just yeah, love how he says socks. <laughs> Every time he says it, it makes me laugh. This, this is the Gort I like. I find stereotype Gort 
stereotype human Gort to be really <laughs> funny. The things he's concerned with. And while here, Aggie changes. And Aggie changes. Well, they get trapped there. Cal locks them in, essentially. Cal locks them in so. and Aggie changes. And Aggie becomes obsessed with matching socks as well. We know there are no sock matches because these are all the lost socks, which I have a question about. I don't even know if I put that together, honestly. So oh, you didn't? Call. Good call. Yeah, no, they, they, can't match, they, they can't find any matched socks because they're all yeah. lost socks. Yeah. Yeah. That's and where they all go. They learn that the, ma- that the spell book has been gone for years. So M- Marnie has a wonderful idea. If she can travel back in time to Gortz before he got rid of the spell book, they can get the spell book and fix the things. Yeah, and Why? she has some stupid metaphor about uh, the back door, like the internet. Maybe spells have back doors we can take advantage of too. And I'm like, what? That's a really dumb metaphor. <laughs> there is a logical problem here because they're so. If they go back in time, they wouldn't be trapped in the house. They could have just gone back in time, gone to Grandma Aggie's, and gotten her spell book. Instead of going back in time to go through Gortz to look for the smell book. Spell exactly. Book. Before she lost the book. <sighs> or before she gave it to Gort. But before, she is, lost that, before she lost either book. This is where. First, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. This is where I comes into my I hate time travel movies. Because uh, yeah. log, log, logistics of time travel always mess with me. Because they're all the rules are different in every movie so i'm assuming they had to go to gortz here because they can travel through time but not space so they had to basically go back but have to appear where they are i don't know but even if they could couldn't they just go find benny and get back to grandma aggie's house that's true I didn't even think about that. Like, why weren't they just trying to go back to when the book wasn't stolen? And how did she how did she know it, when it would take her back too? And they didn't like overshoot it by like 500 years or something. They were just guessing, right? Because at first she just went back like five minutes. Yeah. They, they were just like, let's see what happens. <laughs> right. And before listeners, if you haven't seen this, Marnie is not some all-knowing witch. She got grandma to write down the spell before she lost her memory. And though so we know a Gort spell. Yep. And <laughs> Gort in the past is a slob. He has a giant pet cockroach. Uh so basically he basically lives in a junkyard. Yeah. But it was all for naught because Gort sold the book to Calabar 50 years prior. And instead of going back 50 well, we years, go back 50 years, they despair. This is some of the laziest writing I've ever seen in my life because this is where Marnie inadvertently realizes how to turn people gray and color and back again. Yep. And it's Trappa which is a part spelled backwards. So you can reverse the gray spell by saying trappa, but a part turns some gray. And I'm like, you know, they couldn't have like Google the Latin phrase or something. <laughs> because big spells are never in English. Oh, right. 
while this is all going, so they go back to the present, right, to free everyone from the spell. Yes. While this is happening, Cal is in the mortal world, essentially working to do the opposite, right? He wants to turn everyone in the mortal world into real into monsters, monsters. At but like party. monster movie caricatures. Well, it's whatever they're dressed in. Yep. And Sophie realizes Cal's fake dad is actually a golem who is a frog who likes to eat flies. And <laughs> it was so weird. It was weird. Yeah. Out of all the... I, it's just a weird writing choice to me. Because so I'm writing this movie. I don't think I'd turn him into a frog. Why couldn't he have been like a vampire or a werewolf or something? I don't know. Well, I think he was supposed to be plain, boring, and under Cal's complete control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which golems traditionally are okay and a lot of times that's what like spells lean back on it's like oh it turns somebody into a frog or something like that uh, I, yeah, I think true. it was just kind of especially maybe for like that time it's like oh yeah let's make especially disney you know, the princess mm-hmm. kisses a yeah, frog. okay yeah, yeah and they don't want to i mean they don't want to scare kids too much either yeah uh, well, I'll t- well i'll tell you about this because when cal puts his spell into effect Mom's costume gets pretty scary. The witch or the goblin mask, <laughs> the thing she gets turned into is actually a pretty decent effect. It really is. Um, and it results in chaos. And Dylan and Sophie hide from all the monster humans while this is going on. Yep. Meanwhile, on Halloween Town, Marnie frees Aggie and the rest of the town. But oh, the portal closes. It's midnight and they can't go back. They can't go home. They are trapped. Mm-hmm. And this is a big deal because while it may be a year in the mortal world, it's something like a hundred years in Halloween town. Yeah. Cause that's what that was. They were all, well, her mom was kind of worried about too, I guess in the beginning to go back there real quick. But um, if she was going to spend like that year in Halloween town, I felt like she, she was feeling like she was going to leave her and that was just it. Like she was choosing to leave her or something because you're right. going to be gone for that long. <laughs> Right, exactly. But what does Marnie do here? She contacts her siblings via the weird little shrunken head. And what do they do, Tom? Because they're Cromwell witches and have all this power. What do they manage to do? Uh, They manage to open the portal. Yeah, permanently. So it's not based on that time thing anymore. No. So they can open the portal and go back and forth between these worlds please whatever they want yeah which is important for the sequel (laughs) yeah that's why i said it this this wouldn't make sense for the sequel but we needed this storyline to happen and so in the thousands of years that halloween town has existed no other witches have ever been able to do those well these can i don't know if they haven't done it so much as much as it was the law it was a rule grandma aggie said like it was just that's that's not the way yeah that's the way it was. It's the rule. That's what they all decided upon. It was a vote because Cal confronts her at the beginning. Like, Oh, you forced us into this imitation of a world. And yeah. she said, no, we voted on it. And all I could think of was even in fiction, democracy sucks. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Cause it's true. <laughs> so Cal is furious with Marnie when she comes back into the mortal world with Aggie and Luke. And again, Marnie's acting here is just awful. 
Kimberly That's J. Brown, good. though, if you're listening, Kimberly J. Brown, I'd love to talk to you. Sure. You hate her. <laughs> <laughs> she's not coming on this show they're just so you could just mock her the whole time <laughs> so marnie and aggie demand the spell book and how what he uses his magic to take both spell books in an attempt to prove his own he's more powerful but uh marnie gets him back how does she get him back but she's you like, flash cow you ain't yeah you think you're too cool for school walter mm-hmm. cronkite Newsflash, you aren't. <laughs> and the weird the movie, anybody? Anchorman? Ugh. Zoolander. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Cinematic masterpiece. I don't even remember that movie. I know I saw it, but I don't remember it. It's not good. <laughs> 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 like our times, bits and pieces but there's times like these i wish tom had his camera on because i know he's glaring <laughs> sorry. that's why tom's quiet <laughs> sorry. i'm sorry tom tom's giving me a dirty look no <laughs> i'm not glaring at you he's glaring at me because i said it sucked <laughs> i am glaring at anthony um <laughs> so i don't know cal's dark magic overcomes him and he like disappears and the family breaks the spell on the mortal world and essentially grandma decides to move back to halloween town because she missed it so much but it's okay now because the portal can be opened whenever and it won't be a year now they can see each other whenever they want the end (laughs) and again i like this movie it's just I get what they're trying to do, and I have a new appreciation of what they're trying to do, based on your explanation, Tom. But, especially a Disney Channel original movie, I wanted more color. I wanted more of those fall Halloween vibes, and I feel like the aesthetic in the first one was just leagues and bounds better. I think it's one of them things where, like, they had already decided this plot, and all of the, that that it had to be dark for most of it because they just already decided how it was going to go so it was just gonna like it had to be that way unfortunately and you don't get like all the fun color till the very end but it just had to they just already were set on it you know well this yeah. is definitely and tom correct me if i'm wrong because it has been a while since i've seen three and four this is i think out of the four of them, probably the darkest of the four, right? Yeah, I can see that. The next one, the next one has dark themes. You mean like cinematically dark? Yeah, like cinematically, yeah. like just cinematically yeah. dark. Yes, there are darker themes of hate and stuff um, in the next one. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, I re- yeah I remember now vaguely <laughs> about that climax. Um, did you guys notice though when they? free the people of halloween town at the end the three witches were there in the sanderson sister costumes they borrowed from the disney backlot so you have the three <laughs> witches in the green yes i i didn't see it at first and then you um i went back and looked and i did see that that was very fun but I thought that was cool. It was nice seeing a nod to Hocus Pocus that way, seeing yeah. three witches in those costumes. It really was bringing yeah. the, the. I don't know. Does, um, that, become, does that make this a um, a Disney Halloween multiverse? 
Oh man, I would love a crossover sequel where the Sanderson sisters go to Halloween Town. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that would be fun. That would make it a lot darker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out, kids. All right. Um, I did like the call back to the first one where S- Sophie told mom, grandma tells us being normal is vastly overrated. Yeah. <laughs> That's still one yeah. of my favorite lines in this whole series. Yeah. I try I to like live my life that way. And I liked when <laughs> I liked when Gwen realizes her date actually is a golem who eats flies and is made of frog. She's like, you're not human. And he's like, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I liked Marnie's response to Cal. I feel sorry for you and I may want to help you, but I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty nice. I don't know. That's pretty nice. I like, I love the character of Sophie though. I love what a firecracker that little girl is. And I love when her and Dylan are flying down the street to the Halloween party. Effects aside, because awful flying effects. And I get it was a made for TV movie. <laughs> yeah. But I love Dylan's like, you're sure mom said this was okay? And Sophie's <laughs> like, no, grandma hasn't even taught me how to fly yet. Yeah, Sophie's great. She just takes risks. She's just like, yeah, she's, she's here for everything. <laughs> And again, to talk about, you know, that Hocus Pocus multiverse, Halloween Town multiverse, her and Danny, when Danny was 93, in 93, that age, they would have been like a little Spitfire team together, the two of them. Mm. I like, you know, I just uh, like the differences between the mortal world and Halloween Town. Like when Aggie asks Marnie, so this worldwide web I've heard about, does it involve spiders? And she's like, <laughs> Grandma, I think it's time we started your training. Right. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I did notice, I don't know if y'all noticed on all the credits, Calabar's name is spelled with a C, but the Ooh, movie is spelled with a K. So I don't know. If that That's that. interesting. Yeah. I um. Well, oh, well, can we talk about that stupid? They're flying back to the present. Her Marnie and Luke, and it's like a weird. It's like they're flying through dialogue, and like Gort's like follow <laughs> the fastest timeline. I was like, oh, this is awful looking. It did look <laughs> yeah. really, really tacky. Oh, looking back on some of those effects sometimes it's like sad <laughs> but it is a disney made for tv movie yeah it wasn't yeah. a full-out release and this was still in the prime when disney was doing good made for tv movies like i loved halloween town and halloween town too I love, do you guys remember Xenon Girl of the 21st Century where she's living on that space station? That was a good one. No, I don't know no. what you're talking what, about. Me neither. What about Phantom of the Megaplex? That was fun. That's another spooky type season one. Under Wraps at the Mummy. Do you remember that one? No. Oh man, we have, <laughs> we have so much to see that again. The nice thing about us only covering spooky stuff four weeks a year is we'll have good content for years as Christmas stuff gets crappier and crappier. <laughs> I think at some point we're going to have to pivot our podcast and become a Halloween show. 
<laughs> uh, unless you just want to cover a start you can just transfer over to hallmark movies that would be great for you guys right sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> so i guess we need to rate this one right well does it have a linus moment um it's a halloween movie <laughs> Uh, would Linus come up and say that's what Halloween's all about, Charlie Brown? No. Yes, he would, because Linus was all about Stealthfish and the Great Pumpkin in the Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so just for our own reference here, Halloween Town I don't know what we each ranked it individually, but came in an average of 7.67 last year. I think Julia brought that one down for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I would actually rate this around a seven because I think I gave, I'd probably give it an eight or a nine. So I'm giving I, it a seven. Yeah, go on, Charlie. I wasn't even going to talk about rating. I, I forgot to mention how much I like the, um, I can't, oh, I just lost his name, the skeleton taxi driver. Benny? Um, Benny? Yes, Benny. Um, I liked him so much. And he had like, you know, a very minimal part, but he was so fun. <laughs> just funny. He was just He's, cute. He is. And I love <laughs> as a human, how slow he went. Like yeah. by the time he gave them their receipt from the first taxi ride, they're already coming back out of the house and be taken to Gork's place. Yeah. And when they <laughs> told him like, last time we saw you, like it was skin and bones without the skin. And he was like, shocked. The sh look of shock on his face. Like, what are you? What? Scared? I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was really It was cute. funny. <laughs> sorry. I interrupted. No, don't <laughs> be I forgot sorry. to mention that. I'm gonna give this one a six. What about you, Char? I think I'm gonna go 6.5. I love the easy math. <laughs> yeah, that gives us an average of a 6.5. Which in terms of Halloween stuff puts it at number six on our list of seven. Of Oof. eight. Of eight. That means we've covered good Halloween stuff. If a six and a half is still. It comes right above Garfield's Halloween Adventure and right below Scream. Huh. Mm -hmm. Well, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was a... I'm so happy we're in spooky season. I look forward <laughs> to this month all year. It's, <laughs> talk. it's been too long. It yeah. has been too long. <laughs> I feel like next week's episode, besides being extra fun and long because it's hocus pocus it's yeah. going to be extra long because the three of us won't have been on together in like three weeks oh uh, yeah that'll so be just exciting. be the three of us like catching up <laughs> right like, yeah that'll be like the beginning yeah <laughs> so like, it'll be like having be like 45 minutes at the beginning then like an hour <laughs> of hocus pocus two gushing and then like <laughs> yeah. i know anthony's so excited i'm gonna be <laughs> we've been talking yeah. about this for on social media for a long time <laughs> I know. Um, and I, I was going to say our good friend Stephen Beach, aka Disco54, he likes commenting on my stuff. He's like, what are you going to do if this is not a perfect 11 for you? Oh, oh my <laughs> god. I didn't even consider didn't that. think about that yet, dude. <laughs> I seriously didn't consider that. If it's... Ooh, you know what? Let's not even put that out. I there. don't expect it to be <laughs> as good as the original, but the original is like a 10 in my book. If this one can hit like an 8 or a 9, I'll be very happy. Oh. The original is turned all the way up to an eleven. There you mm. go. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think 
anything they're going to make is going to compete. No. I do want to thank our good friend Shar for joining us tonight thank and you. Um, filling in for Julia, who said she did not want to talk to us. <laughs> Char, before we plug our social medias and stuff, why don't you plug your shows and social medias? Um, you can follow my personal social media on Instagram at forever underscore Char. My podcast is Take a Chic Peak. And on Instagram, it's at Take a Chic Peak. Actually, almost everywhere, it's at Take a Chic Peak, except for TikTok. It's at It's Take a Chic Peak. And yes, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. I had a good time. We love having you on. Thank you. And uh, I, I feel like we're going to need to have you on next year for Halloween Town 3. Um, I will I will be right on. I, I feel like I should watch it now, though, because some of the spoilers you guys have thrown in here, I just feel like now I want to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, where can people find us on social media? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Tis the Podcast Linktree. Linktree.com slash Tis the Podcast where you can find all of our fun social media. You can join our Facebook group, follow us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, Carrier Pigeon, Reddit, Patreon for bonus content. And Tom, speaking of Patreon or not Patreon, don't we have some awesome mugs that people will be able to order soon? Oh, I hope so. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting. I want that mug I've been, really bad. I'm hoping to have some time next week to get caught up on all of the mug stuff. We know Char wants to order one. I think Manny does. I think her friend Natalie Bickle does. So we have we have people who are anticipating that drop. To order. We just have to find a way to pay us. <laughs> I'll you pay, can I'm si patiently waiting. I'm patiently. You can Venmo me directly and I swear <laughs> I'll split the profits with the other two. All right. <laughs> uh, there are no profits on these mugs <laughs> we're trying to we're going to end up having them at a loss because they were expensive to make but they were so worth it they're very cute I'm still waiting for mine <laughs> well we already hinted at it but next week Hocus Pocus 2 y'all I am super excited but then the rest of the month, even after that, is exciting because Jay Skipworth of Filmster Podcast is coming on to talk Scream 2 the week after. He was originally going to come on to talk Halloween 2018, but he has thoughts on Scream 2, so he has to be on that episode. <laughs> the week after that, Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House is coming on to discuss The Muppets Haunted Mansion. And then to round out the month, we're talking Halloween 2018 with Ron Hogan of Filmster Podcast. So lots of great guests coming up. But very excited for next week to welcome Julia back. Yay. Maybe. <laughs> she may have given up on us. Yeah. It's been too long. So she would never. <laughs> she would never. So anyway, well, thanks for joining us, Shar. Have a wonderful week. Everybody, do your homework. Watch Hocus Pocus 2. It drops on Disney Plus. <laughs> Well, and get by the time this and get out. excited because there are only 2160 hours until Christmas. Holy Toledo, that's only 90 days. That's 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks. What is that? Three months. Holy crap. <laughs> I can't believe that. Which means, I mean, what? This drops on the 
October 5th, which means, you know, it's, oh, it's three weeks exactly. No, this drops October 3rd. It's a month until Halloween. Four weeks. So get excited. Get ready to go through that portal to Halloween Town. Get ready to make some potion to suck the lives out of all of the children of Salem before sunrise. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, gang. Bye.